as we've been here worshiping this morning, I just a couple things the Lord has uh, shown me. And uh, Mr. Hall, you're, I don't know if you're about to leave. I got, I got, I got, uh, I got a, I got a word for you, brother. I just, uh, the Lord was showing me uh, uh, almost kind of like when you, uh, like a passport is the only thing I can think of, but uh, where you keep, you know, some some movies that people. Uh, rejected, you get the stamp on there, rejected, or, or paperwork that's been turned in, and you, they stamp it. You see the big stamp come here, rejected or declined, and uh, and uh, but but the Lord says that uh, you're about to get the stamp of approval. I don't know what's been held up for you, what you've been waiting on, but the stamp, the 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 things that's been holding it back is is about to be no more, and you're about to get the breakthrough that you've been waiting on, my friend. And I just had to share that with you this morning. So I just prophesy that over your life in the name of Jesus, Lord. Do it, Father. Give him those things that he needs, Father, for his family in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Good to see you, brother. Hallelujah. Woo. Where's the bass, bass player at? He leaving? Oh, yeah. yeah. Lord said, uh, Lord said he's uh, restoring the family. Restoring the family. I don't know what that means, but you do. So just receive it, man. Just receive the restoration of the family, man. He's, he's about to he's about to do it, amen. Woo! And also I just want to prophesy over this this place and this church and this work and this ministry right here. And, and I just prophesy right now. And me and Josh spoke a little last night, but when we lived here, Josh preached one day and he said, he began to tell us that by this time next year, your life is going to look different than it does right now. And it did. It happened in our life. I'm sure it happened in many more others that are here. And our lives looked a whole lot different. So I just prophesy right now in this place and in this atmosphere that this, even this building is going to look different coming in the future. This stage is going to look different. There might be some different folks up here in the name of Jesus. It's because of what he wants to do. It's because of what he wants to establish in this community. So I prophesy, Lord, let it be changed. Let it look different in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, worshiping this morning. Praise his name. Praise his name. I'm just excited to be here. I'm excited to be talking to you this morning. I, I know we're living in 2020 and it, it just seems like craziness is all around, but this morning I begin to hear the Lord say, you are a royal priesthood. You are a royal priesthood. You know, I heard on the news that uh, our normal may not ever come back. Well, my God, we don't need to be normal. We, If we're the church, if we're the sons and daughters of God, we ought to not be in normal. And I had to begin to examine myself because I was wanting that normal back. It was like we got a few months of 2020, just, and then boom. My little girl, she started T-ball this year for the first time and they had just began practicing 
everything got shut down. And so I, it began to frustrate me, and I said, you know what? We ought not to be normal. We ought not to be longing for normal because we are not normal. We are separated people. We are a royal priesthood. Amen. I just want to bring a, a message this morning to you entitled, Get Up. Get Up. And, uh, you know, for many of you, you might be like me. I've been out of school for, for some time. And uh, you, may have, you may have forgotten a lot of things. I, I'm, I'm not a, a book man. I'm not a, a numbers man. Uh, I struggle with those things. Uh, a lot of things I forgot. But there's something I didn't forget. And it didn't even happen at school. It was happening prior to me going to school. And my mother would come and wake me up. Anybody know where I'm going with this? <laughs> my mom, she would come and, and wake me up and she would turn the light on and turn the fan off. And that's just, you don't do that in the South where we live at. We, you know, we, we got to live with our fans on. So she would, she would turn the light on and turn the fan off, and it would start getting hot. And she said, hey, son, it's time to get up. It's time for school. You need to get up. And she would take off and go do what she was doing, getting breakfast ready or uh, getting herself ready. I would do what any young man would do, and I would go back to sleep not fully asleep, but just enough where it was feeling good. You know what I'm talking about. I would hear, I'd hear them feet steps coming again. And this time what mama would do is she would begin yelling before she made it to my room. She said, Dustin, I told you to get up. It's time to get up. We got to go. We got to go. We got to get to school. And this time she would snatch the cover off of me. Ooh, that make me mad. That make me mad. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Did you have a mama like that? So she would snatch the covers off of me. I'm not going to tell you again. You better get up. And she would leave the room. And I would do what any young boy would do. Pull that cover back over me and go back to sleep once again. So mama would come running again at some point, and I would hear the the feet coming and I kind of dreaded what was about to happen and she would snatch the covers off of me again yelling at me but this time she would start whipping me a little bit slapping me on my butt boy I told you to get up it's time to go to school see cause mama knew the importance of getting to school she knew the importance of being there on time. She, she was in a, a little bit more wisdom than, than this young man had. And she knew the urgency to get where I needed to be on time. And so uh, I, I, I would eventually, you know, at that point I, I had to get up. I didn't want to see what come next after that. <laughs> And uh, I just feel like, I feel like people, God is sending people into your life to do this very thing. 
Maybe you have gone asleep, but I believe God is bringing people into your life to wake you up and to tell you there is work to be done. And if you can't get some of someone, if you can't get a person to come into your life, I pray and I prophesy right now that he would send his glory. He would send angels into your midst. He would come and invade your space. He would begin to see things and you would begin to hear things. Right before my second daughter was born, Pastor Barbara, we, me and my wife heard singing and worship in our room. It was just the presence of the Lord. So if he can't send a person in your life, I pray he send his glory into your life if you're asleep, if you need to get up, because there's work to be done. Come on. There's work to be done. You cannot stay here anymore. Maybe you're in a place where you are stuck. Maybe you're sleeping. Maybe you have pulled that cover back over you once more. But you cannot stay here anymore. I come to tell you this morning. Because if you stay here, you will surely die. If you stay in that place of being covered up and staying right here because I'm comfortable, the Lord doesn't want you comfortable. He has so much for you to do. You cannot stay here anymore. Come on, I want you to begin to say that over your life. If you feel like you're stuck, I, I can't stay here anymore. I can't stay in this situation. I can't stay in this lifestyle anymore because I know where it leads and it leads to death. We are in relationships with people whether it be your husband or your wife or friendship. We're in relationship with people. This got us thinking, what have I done? Why am I feeling this way? Have I done something wrong? When the whole time, it's them. It's the other person. They, they're the ones that's got skeletons in the closet. They're the ones that's got dead things up in their closet. Am I, am I talking to anybody this morning? It's not you, but what you are feeling is the presence of the Lord. What you're feeling is discernment over that person. It's not you. You're examining yourself and you're saying, man, what have I done? What is going on? Why is life so chaotic and it's the other person. It's the person you're in relationship with. And when I began to hear the Lord say this, he took me to Jonah. We all know the story. I'm, I'm going to read it, but Jonah, Jonah had the sailors on the boat casting lots or if you will, drawing straws to find out who has done something wrong to upset the wind and the sea. Jonah, Jonah chapter 1, 
verse 1 through 16, if you want to read along with me. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amnita. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarnish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarnish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. How many of you have been on a on a ship lately, you just feel like it's about to just break up. Everything is about to fall apart. Rob talked to us this morning about the falling apart. You just feel, man, what in the heck is going on? I've been serving you so faithfully, God. What is this? Why is the raging seas going? Why is the wind so strong? And the Lord and all the sailors, verse 5, were afraid, and each one cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into to the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. And they cast lots and they fell on Jonah. They find out that it it's not me. They examined themselves and they found out that it must be this guy. It's not me. So they asked him in verse 8, Tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? For what people are you? And he answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. And this terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. When you begin to listen to that discernment, when you begin to tone in to the word of the Lord and what he is saying, you will find out a lot of times that you already knew back there sometime that it was not you, that it was the person you were in relation with. In verse 11, the sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to, to make the sea calm down for us? He said, pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault and that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder, wilder than before. 
Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man for you. Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. In this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Your troubles are not going to cease until you deal with the issue, until you deal with the problem. When you deal with what the Lord has showed you, the waves and the wind will not cease. Amen? I want to jump over to uh, Matthew 26, verse 36 through 46. So we learn through these scriptures here in Jonah that the, the, the sailors told Jonah, get up, get up. You know, that's what we're talking about this morning, get up. And so as the Lord was helping me put this together, he reminded me of Jesus in the garden with his disciples. So that's what we're going to read here. It says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and two of his sons, Zebedee, along with him, and they began to be sorrowful and troubled. And they said to him, My soul is overwhelmed, my sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Kind of like I did with my mom. And these were men, these were the disciples that laid at Jesus' feet and they had relationship that we will never understand. But yet, they were in this flesh that was tired and he found them asleep. In verse 40, he said, couldn't, couldn't you men keep watch with me for, for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. And when he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? 
Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of the sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. Are you still sleeping? Are you still resting in 2020? You need to get up. You need to wake up because there is such a work to be done. Regardless of what's going on around you, the betrayer comes while you are sleeping. I believe the Lord is asking us this very thing right now. Can you keep watch? Can you keep watch? Come on. My betrayer is coming. I know you tried, but stay up with me. Stay with me, says the Lord. Keep watch with me. You better be watching. Any, if it's anything, you better be watching your family right now. You better be watching and you better be praying about your family because something comes if you do not watch and pray. In, in closing here, I want to I take a look at a prophet that is tired and on the run. Is there anybody besides maybe me that, that, that you get tired maybe you're a little you found yourself tired in this season you, you, you found yourself this is where the Lord's been showing me some things here lately is uh, when they were rebuilding the wall uh, the, the, the word lost me here the uh, they were uh, rebuilding the wall and the people that tore the wall down was upset that they were going to begin to rebuild the wall and they stationed men with weapons and they stationed people watching because they knew that the enemy was coming to not let them rebuild the wall and they were even people, and I, I, I tried to picture this in my mind, how you were laying stone and holding a sword at the same time, or holding a bow at the same time while laying stone. That seems hard to me, Josh. You, you work in construction. That seemed awful hard, but that's what was happening is they were they were working and fighting at the same time. I'm going to tell you right now, you better learn in this season right now to be able to work and fight at the same time. You better be working and, and praying for people and laying hands on people and prophesying to people while you're carrying a sword, while you got your shield up. Amen. Am I talking to anybody? It's not what we thought. It's not where I want to be. I want to just be doing the work. I just want to be building the kingdom. But unfortunately, we got to be fighting too, Josh. We got to be watching. We got to be praying over our family. We got to keep a watch out on the horizon. What is coming? What is coming? My betrayer is not going to stay over there. He comes. 
But if I'm watching and if I'm praying and I got my sword out, Josh, I'm going to keep him at bay. I'm going to keep him at bay. You better get away from my family. You better stay over there because I carry something that's much greater than me. I carry something inside of me that's bigger than big country, that's bigger than Dustin. You better back up. Sorry, I got off a little... Read here in closing uh, 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1 through 16. Now, Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. She told Elijah that I'm going to kill you. And so in verse 3, Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. And he came to Beersheba in Judea. He left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. And he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. I have had enough, the Lord, to the Lord, he said. Take my life. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. And then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him. See, that's what we were talking about earlier. If a person, I pray right now, whoever's in this room, whoever is asleep in this room, if a person can't get to you, I prophesy that an angel comes to you. I can't get nobody to help me. <laughs> I pray the glory comes show up in your bedroom. If a person can't get to you, if he can't search anybody out that will say, I'll go, I'll go say the hard thing, I pray that an angel come to you. So here he was asleep, and all at once an angel touched him, and he said, get up and eat. Here's that word, get up. Get up, Elijah. Get up and eat. And he looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals in a jar of water. He ate and drank, and then he lay down again. Why do we lay down again? Why, as a child, when I, my mom would come wake me up, why did I go back to sleep? Why is it that when we get woke up that we get comfortable again? So he got his belly full. He went back to sleep. 
In verse 7, the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and he ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night. The Lord appears to Elijah. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? Verse 10, he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Then the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Is there anybody that you just feel all this stuff. You feel all these things falling down around you and wondering, where are you, Lord? You're, you're not in all of this mess. I, I know the plans you have for me. I know you got plans for me. You're not in this mess. Where are you? After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And out of the fire came a gentle whisper. After the fire came a gentle whisper. The Lord is in the whisper. The Lord is in the quiet whisper. Come on, somebody get this in your spirit this morning. You need this. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then the voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword, I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came. Go back the way you came. 
in that song, when you think that you're running, when you think you're getting away from it all, the Lord tells you, go right back where you came from. Go right back into that mess because I got something for you to do. Get up. Get up. And go back the way you came. And go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimish, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, Meola, Yala, not sure how to pronounce it, to succeed you as a prophet. To succeed you as a prophet. Come on, church. If you feel the encourager touching you today, calling you to get up and keep on going, I just want you to let us stand right now. Let us stand in this place. If you feel the, this urging in your spirit that I know what he's talking about. I, I understand what he's talking about. And it is time for me to get up. You, you understand now that it is time for you to get up. There is work for you to do. I just wanted to come and encourage you today through the Lord and tell you to get up, get up, keep watch. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. So the, this morning, as I, I end, I'm sure that the Lord has more to do, but if you need a touch from the Father this morning, I just want to encourage you to come and let us, let Pastor Josh and his team pray for you this morning.